This is the Pulse Podcast, a somewhat regular production of the Evangelical Free Church of Canada. And we are here today to talk about things that matter to your faith, your life, and the Free Church family. Welcome to episode 21. Wow. Yeah. 21? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lucky. Yeah. Lucky. I, uh, if you're playing blackjack, anyway, I guess. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Uh, just for, for introductions, Brad over there on the far side, our communications catalyst. I've never B- played blackjack. Yeah. <laughs> Bill? Bill here I have no in the, clue how to play. <laughs> in the center, <laughs> our executive director, and, and I have not played it either. Uh, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, uh, I'm the host of the podcast, and uh, I am the National Mission Director here at the Free Church of Canada. Welcome all of you out there in podcast land. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Uh, yeah, before we get going too far, let's have a little bit more fun. Um, we always start off with a fun question. I give the guys scads of notice, like three seconds. And uh, so here we go. Uh, A fun question. Who is a fictional character that you really love that would be really annoying if if, if they were in real life? I think I'm going to go with Bridget Jones from Bridget Uh, Jones' Diary. I I like the insights that she has, but I think in real life that would get old. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's a great question. Uh, only you would ask the question because most of us, if somebody's annoying, we actually don't love them. So, but you know, uh, I'm thinking. See, I went animated right away on this one, and uh, Bugs Bunny. Oh, a lot you of took fun. one I of took mine. Yours. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, took one yeah, of lots mine. Lots of fun, but really annoying. And yeah, in real yeah. life, could have been very annoying. I, you know, the other. Okay, well, I'll just leave it yeah. there. Yeah, come up with a because he one. he would be arrogant. Exactly. And he would, yeah, I mean, yeah, he'd be a lot of annoying things, wouldn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, I certainly thought of him. Uh, my other, my other one that that was a big favorite for me. My son and I used to watch him all the time when he, my son was young. Uh, SpongeBob, and and he's a lot of fun. I really love that character, but he would be so annoying in real life. Really? That, yeah, it that's is, a perfect <laughs> example. Quite true. Yeah, it is possible. The voice would just grate right through you. Yeah. Unless you're on his side all the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you ganged up with SpongeBob against everybody else, that would yeah. be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, hey, we are we are glad you're along with us. We got a topic that really kind of travels right back to, to free church ethos, deeply rooted, held kind of stuff for us as free church people today. And uh, we want to talk about the priesthood of all believers. Mm-hmm which is a, a really fun thing to say, yes. but, but do we really know what we mean when we talk about the priesthood of all believers? What, what, what exactly are we talking about when we say that's, that's what we believe in? Well, I mean, it's historically, of course, it's a, it's a great Reformation theological principle, and I think, you know, that, uh, of course, it's Hopefully it goes back further to that, to the Bible, but uh, 1 Peter 3, the fact that we're all believers uh, mm-hmm. and all believers are priests and uh, together we're this royal priesthood and this temple and we all have access to the Father through the Son and through the blood of Jesus and uh, that we can come boldly and confidently to, to. So there's that theological sense that is obviously there, but there's a whole lot of, I think, practical implications to it that 
we actually don't get our heads around nearly enough. Yeah, just I, in terms of the theology, I love uh, what what Peter does in First Peter chapter two. I think it is where he pulls some of those concepts from the nation of Israel forwards and talks about us as believers being that same kind of nation, the 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 holy nation, the royal priesthood, you know, those kinds of things. And I think that's what you're you're yeah. certainly connecting with in that. You were going to say something else, though. Yeah, well, I think it connects with the high being made low and the low being made high. We're all kind of equal. Um, and I think we've done great damage to the, to the church when we put people on large pedestals mm. and give them a huge mm. platform and big paychecks and stuff. Um, it kind of tips their influence in directions that it shouldn't, and people start outsourcing all of their decisions to a leader. Mm. And that can happen on any scale. I, I throw out kind of the most obvious maybe and the, and the biggest, but it can happen on any scale. So if we come back to the priesthood of all believers, it means that we can all speak into each other's lives. Mm. Mm. And so there, there's an openness, I think, that needs to be there. Our lives need to be permeable in that way. We need to be open to each other's input and, and thoughts and, and impressions. Okay, so does that mean we all get to walk around, you know, chanting and knocking ourselves in the heads with I, boards I and quoting really missing out and, because we're and not quoting lines yeah. about the holy hand grenade of Antioch or something? <laughs> yes. Speaking of annoying, <laughs> but a movie I do love, but my wife sure would be annoyed. But um, yeah, I think you're getting into something practical here. If nobody else is tracking, that's uh, Quest for the Holy Grail by Monty Python. And if you haven't seen it, you oh, gotta yeah. see it. So yeah. But go in with low expectations. <laughs> yeah, British humor. <laughs> it's it's funny, but only if you don't expect it to be funny. Yeah. That's kind of how that works. But but it, that's not what we're talking about here. No. But we are talking about the fact that everybody does have opportunity to speak God's truth into each other's lives and to yeah. to access the throne of grace. To even I, I think in the sense that we all have a story to tell, a yeah. story of. God's transforming work in our lives, uh, and we all can be agents of reconciliation. We, right. we, we represent that middle ground in some ways where, where we bring God to the people and we bring people to God, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. and, and I think that's critical when we think of what it means as, as priesthood of all believers. Yeah. And it's not just, uh, I think, the opportunity, it's the obligation, I think, that we have to uh, to have a ministry to you know to to be growing in Christ, to be hearing from God, and 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 being agents of reconciliation. That's a that's a calling, and I think we've lost that. And you know, we were chatting a little bit earlier on this. I think this is one of the weaknesses in the evangelical church in North America. The free church historically was a was a priest of all believer movement. Everybody felt called by God to be growing in who, right, following Jesus, hearing from Him sharing stories with people, uh, whether that's believers or folks that are, are not yet believers, and but being people of encouragement, sharing stories. And I think we've lost that. We've become very professional, like mm. as you've mentioned. Mm. Right. We so, refer to the professionals. So some of the practical implications then would be for for somehow engaging our our lay people in in much more active ministry roles and things like that, mm-hmm. as opposed to having the professionals do everything, right? Yeah, I, I think one of the things that that I want to touch on in this, and and you got close to it with evangelical, um, 
there's there's been a lot of locking down of certain things mm. and uh, we're trying to fix things with theological positions or or isms um and when i look at what is expected of a priest it's that daily walking it's a journey i saw mm. somebody recently say um i think god values the journey more than our sense of arrival and that resonated with me i think there's there's a component to that and if we're if we're in that priestly kind of concept, then there's that there's that journey thing that it embodies to me too, um, because that is the nature of a priest. A priest is the kind of person, like you said, um, there's a, an intermediary kind of uh, posture, um, but there's also just that kind of lifelong learning, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and we've kind of lost that, I think, too, yeah. in the sense yeah. of we have a. Uh, we imagine that education is for a certain specific period of life, and then when that's done, then we just yeah. we've got it, right? Yeah, yeah. I think there's that sense of individual growth and following Christ mm-hmm. and, and learning, but in in a community, right? We're a pre, we're a community of priests, and so we're speaking into each other's lives and folks outside of the community, right. bringing them into the community. That losing that calling, I think, has really has really gutted the church in North America of much of its power, actually. Expand on that a little more, because I think we're, you know, we, we talk about nuns and duns yep. today. This is one of the biggest growing groups uh, in terms of, of surveys. Uh, those not not nuns that wear, you know, black yeah, clothes. Or, yeah, the habits of that. The people who check none, no in, in other words, yeah. no religion on their survey, yeah. are the ones who are actually done. They've left the church for whatever reason, and those reasons can be varied and multiple. But, but this, I think, is a big part of it. That yeah. that people don't seem to have a place in that community where they can offer something of value. Yeah. Um, expand on that a yeah. bit, maybe. Well, read. I was reading recently a 2012 uh, Canadian survey of church vitality, and two things that came up uh, that really are that are reflections of churches that are vi- you know alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, chances for laity to share testimony somewhere on either Sunday morning or at least somewhere, but Sunday morning especially. Uh, you look at most of our services, we don't have time for people to share what God's doing in their life, what he's teaching them, uh, because we're professional. We only have the professionals. To me, this is a huge, huge problem for us. So the professional preacher, the yeah, professional the musicians, musicians right? The- yeah. And we've lost a sense that of testimony of what God is doing. This, but this is a sign of a vital church where where people get to share what God's. The other one is, is where the pastoral role is then essentially empowering people to live out their faith and share their faith and share their story rather than being the professional theologian or teacher. So we've we've really adopted a professional teaching model. Um, and I'm not saying teaching is not important and everything else we do on Sunday morning, but we've lost the priesthood of all believers sense of, no, no, a lot of my role is actually empower people to live their faith out. And when you think about the nuns and duns, who's going to reach the nuns? Not us clergy. It's, it's going to be folks that we equip that live in the real world that are working with these folks and are neighbors to these folks. Yep. Those are the folks that do it. And many of the duns have left because they've, Feel like this insignificant cog in the machine, where they're only they're only important to run programs and give money, so the professionals can do their thing. So I think they're related, and the priesthood of all believers, if we could live the implications, that would really help us on both fronts. Right. As you're saying that, I, I um, 
I've had to do some wrestling with that internally um, because I have this thing in me where I'm like, if I'm going to offer people a space to give testimony, I want them to do that well. Right? I want sure. to set yeah. them up for success. Yeah. And I'm also wrestling with the fact that, that just, that's perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. that is a reflection of the professionalism that we're talking about. We actually need people to say it really poorly. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. We, we so need people it's, it's powerful, who are, who are yeah. not versed in all of their theological positions and not like all of yeah. the dots are crossed or connected. Like we, we need people who have it. Okay, well, but I, I can hear it right now. Some somebody's saying, "Hang on, hang on. What what about if on a Sunday morning, you know, somebody's sharing in the service and they share something that's heretical, or they, you know, <laughs> what 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 do we do with that? Like, yeah. how do we control that? And and yeah. that's an interesting word because I think yeah. that's probably the word that people are thinking when they think that. Sure. How do we control that in such a way that the right things are said? Right. Um, what do you what do you say to that? Yeah, well, to me, if we're setting the environment where things can be said and things that are iffy or um, scandalous or not true or contradictory or whatever are said in an environment like that, then in a priesthood of all believers kind of concept, you don't have to hit them with a tidal wave, right? It's not a whole bunch of people, you know, coming down and controlling or being the hard-handed uh, approach it's it's asking questions and engaging and and well that was interesting and mm-hmm. and we're going to keep walking this journey right mm-hmm. um, and I, I think it comes back to what are the perceptions of when people talk because it, we still have the thing the the expectation that when somebody talks they've got the conclusion right uh, somebody uh, wrote a uh, I, I think it was a comic that parodied all of TED talks mm-hmm. it was like uh, a, a big big concept. Uh, uh, some some research and then sweeping conclusions. Right, right, <laughs> right. It's like this is the platform. This is this is what we expect, yeah. and this is how we. This is kind of how we're preaching too. It's like we want these big sweeping things, and if that's not relevant to people in the pew, then they feel like it's a cog that mm-hmm. they're not connected to or or whatever. So when people are put on the spot, actually, yeah. and this is another issue in the church we protect people from being put on the spot. Mm. And I think we've got the wrong flip on that. I wonder if there's there's fear in there, too, mm-hmm. and, sure. and the sense yeah. that what if somebody says something that we don't actually know how to, how to handle, to. how to yep. respond to? Yep. And, um, yep. uh, what, what, what do we say? Like, you know, and, sure. and, and now we have, don't have an answer for that. Or when, instead of just engaging and saying, hey, we're all on a journey together and we're, we're going to well, figure this out. Let's, right? let's face it. Uh, testimony is inherently dangerous because you yes. can't control it. And yes. uh, priest of all believers is inherently dangerous, which is why a good portion of the religious world does, doesn't embrace it. Right. But sorry, um, it's kind of a biblical concept. It's kind of the it's messy. Absolutely, do you have to take people aside afterwards and maybe, like Aquila and Priscilla had to do with Apollos and say, you know what? Uh, let me teach you the way of Jesus a little more accurately here. Like, but that yeah. then means that we engage in each other's lives, which right. is actually priest of all priesthood of all believers in action. In action, right? Right. But that takes that's messy. It takes more effort, right? It's easier to package this stuff and yeah. just declare some really cool, neat propositions. And I'm not against propositions. I love propositions. I was trained to give propositions. 
But the Bible seems to actually talk about people's lives and, yeah. and the community of faith that inter, interacts with folks. And and this is what I, I you know really feel this is we're missing out. You look at the church and the rest of the world, it's messy. Yeah. Right? It's it's not just us clergy, it's clergy and laity, it's priests of all believers. Is, are there things wrong with it? Absolutely. Is it exploding and growing like mad? Absolutely. Yeah. So maybe we could learn something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've really, in some ways, engaged around this idea of community, too. And that, right. that you know, I was, I was uh, reading a blog here the other day, um, and he had talked about how the church in its purest form has always been the same basic thing, a community of mm. believers. Right. Right. And, and how in, in our particular uh, version or, or rendition of it in, in modern North America, we, we tend to create this almost the scarcity model where you yeah. have to show up at a certain time on a certain day and have the certain kind of people. And if you don't, then you're not going right. to really have it. And the priesthood of all believers basically obliterates that right? and <laughs> yeah. says, no, it's about a group of people uh, that in, engage with each other on sure. a regular basis yeah. and build each other up, yeah. right? right? And, the, and the pastor is a – he still preaches, but he's a shepherd primarily, which is what pastor means. So mm-hmm. you're, you're right, you're helping people live out their calling, which is something we've lost as well. And, you know, Stetzer talks about this as well, the, the shift that needs to happen from the one, the professional, to the many, right, where we're multiplying. That's why the church we're, is growing. We're doing away with Neil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Different movie all day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the shift from one to many one to is many. exactly, yeah. I think. And, yeah. and that one is certainly the person who empowers and, and Absolutely. enables And they're the strategic. Many, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the professionals are strategic. But uh, they're strategic to empower the the larger priesthood. Yeah, I, I think, and and we need to get back to that, uh, and away from a little bit of of this package we have going, which excludes uh, the many from being right from 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 not only being involved, but having an obligation to mm-hmm. being involved. Mm-hmm. Right, not only opportunity, but obligation. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time on the the clock on the table here we are again out of time uh we have only really begun yeah to engage on this kind of a topic there's all kinds of threads and and stuff that we could talk about and maybe you could talk about out there in podcast land uh if there's something that you think you can add to this conversation we'd love to hear it but you might just want to take it and talk about it in 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 your context and live out exactly what we've been talking about, the priesthood of all believers. Uh, So we encourage you to do that. Thanks for being with us. And until next time, so long. (laughs) 